Welcome to the Lakeshore United Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm in Fleetwood. It's half time during Fleetwood, who are a League One team, third tier in England, against Manchester United in the Papa John's uh, trophy. And there's two and a half thousand there, more or less. Manchester United's 21, so leading 1 0. And this podcast is brought to you in association with Betfred. Fred Don opened his first shop in Salford in 1967 so Fleetwood is a town of about 22,000 people if I'm not mistaken it's the second smallest town in England to have a football league club the smallest would be Forest Green a village called Nailsworth Manchester United are well supported in Fleetwood and I'm with one of the Fleetwood Reds Nes how um describe United support in Fleetwood oh well right, right from probably the mid 70s the town has always had a, it's, it was like a stranglehold mm. between United and Liverpool, mm. but the passion for United and here, they've got a supporters branch going from about 74 or 75, I believe, and then Blackpool took over the branch, Fleetwood lost the branch, yeah. and then we managed to get it back with my friends in 2002, yeah. and it's still continuing now. Yeah, I saw it, it's the yeah. smallest <laughs> branch, but official branch, but, yeah. and I don't say that in a negative way, because... There are huge countries which do not have an official Manchester United supporters club. Correct. So for your town to have... Well, we got it in 2002, so the guy at the time, I think I forget his name, he was like the main man who decided he got a branch. He said, there was already a branch in Blackpool, and he said, I don't know if he can give you one. So what happened was, he said, you have to have so many fans, obviously you have to have 51 members at least so me and my friends I was taxi driving at the time and I got them all together and told them the place was at the uh, cricket club in Fleetwood and 200 turned up and the guy who I can't think of his name Carl Evans eh? Carl Evans that's it yeah he turned up and he walked in and he went you've got a branch before he even vetted does or anything I was like yeah go on and so that's continued on so I was quite, I was very proud to be uh, found a member of that with my friend Brian Alton and um, Stuart Gill, yeah. yeah. Brian is a big United We Stand supporter, yeah. I recognise that name. And tonight the Fleetwood Reds are in attendance here. There's probably about 400 Manchester I would guess so, yeah. Probably 400. You've got some in the seats down here as well. So I came here to this stadium, Highbury. Obviously. In the <laughs> 1980s, I saw my dad play here in the Northwest Counties League. When there were maybe 200 people watching, when Andy Pilly, uh, I think he's got a soft spot for Manchester United, took control in 2004, um, Fleetwood were in level 10 in English football, there was 80 people at the first game when he was here, can you tell people listening to this podcast what has happened since to Fleetwood? Well, it's, well, I, I used to, before it was... Uh, my first game watching United, I've always been United, and but my first game was in 1980, April, against Liverpool, fully enough, for one two one. I used to come to watch Fleetwood, it was like a cinder track round there, and then it was in the, well, it was called Northern Lions, Northern Premier. I used to go and watch them away, to places like Troylston, Staley Bridge, and then Andy came along, so, gracefully, and um, I remember Andy, this, this um, lounge room now, it was a corrugated... Shady works out of there and he was like I think he was like sort of trying to be the secretary get the club back on its thing I was a taxi driver and he used to sell the talk ticket you know you have time for you just in there he was selling for him outside I mean taxi and bring him back to him helping along and then so what I think Andy's done brilliantly is what he's done is he's sorted his business out first and then 
made the club. He's just, I just think he's done it the right way. Yeah, yeah it's it's Andy, I think, the money, yeah. part of this podcast. Fleetwood geographically is quite unique because on three sides you're surrounded by water. Yep. Doesn't even have a, a rail station anymore. No, sadly. Sadly, it was famous for being a fishing port, yep. and the, the fishing fleet is no longer. No. And fishermen's friends are also from here. But yep. They do exist, and they're still. Yes. Thankfully for that, you know the I mean? I think, yeah. yeah, and uh, that's I mean, uh, rest in peace, Doreen Loftown. A bit of noise in the background. Something like a football game. Eighty-nine minutes gone, and it's uh, Fleetwood two, Manchester United one. Uh, I'm sat next to Andy Pilly, who is the main man at Fleetwood, and if Fleetwood, who have been far better in the second half, score another goal, they go through. Manchester United are already through and out of this group. So, what's your take at the moment, Andy? I think we are well on top this second half. We haven't took our chances, and that's what we need to do. We need to get that third goal in order to progress. Financially, what does victory in this game mean and qualification? Well, victory means £30,000, I believe, is the prize for progression out of the group. But more importantly, it gives us an opportunity to... Uh, to develop some of our younger players as their competition there progresses. So you can hear that. There's four minutes added on. Um, this isn't your full first team. It's sort of hybrid, no? Yeah, hybrid, absolutely. We started very young, but we have brought a few of the first team players on in the second half. Um, and uh, you can probably tell, really, that uh, uh, more established first team players on the pitch now. Uh, Manchester United have, have done similar, although not to the same extent. Tom Huddleston, aged 35, wearing number 35, has come on and he just looks more experienced and physically bigger than pretty much all the players. Manchester United are allowed to play two over 21 players. There's about 400 away fans in the stadium, which holds 5,000 people. Why did you take control here in 2004? I just love football, Andy. When I got the opportunity to, to get involved with my local football team, I, couldn't, I just couldn't knock it back. And uh, I, uh, I seized the opportunity. How many promotions since? Oh, it's a goal! <laughs> six promotions since, six in ten years. However, we've stalled, we've been in League One for the last nine years. Has that goal just cost you 30 grand? I'm afraid it has, yeah. <laughs> I've thoroughly enjoyed the game nonetheless It has been a really good game Really enjoyable game Just Talking through some of the Manchester United players So there's So a red smoke bomb has gone off in the United End. You can hear the United fans behind me. United starting 11 was Nathan Bishop, goalkeeper. Shoulder Shuratiri looks very good. Charlie Savage played the first half. Striker Charlie McNeil, full-back Mark Gerardo, Bjorn Hardley, Reese Bennett, Amari Forson, Isaac Kansan Aaron, Kobe Mainu, Sam Murray, um, Toby... Colvier's come on, Joe Huggill's come on, Tom Huddleston's come on, Maxi Oideli has come on as well. 
And Andy, you've been in this level now for, for nine years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's an achievement being in this level. It's an achievement being a football league team. It really is, yeah. I mean, the level is, is one that uh, is hugely competitive. We're playing against uh, superb clubs, Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday, um, dare I say Bolton Wanderers. Uh, there are uh, some real uh, famous names in League One. And, and they're all bringing big away followings as well. I dare say they bring a lot more than the tickets that they get because it's quite a small ground. You're constrained by the houses around it. Very much so, yeah. We are somewhat landlocked. It's great to see, though, for the entire town, for the, for the economy, uh, for, for the entire community, really. When we get the bigger clubs come, it keeps the tills ringing in the pubs and local businesses. There'll be people listening to this around the world. Manchester United's fan base is drawn from around the globe. Could you tell us a little bit about Fleetwood the town? Yeah, Fleetwood the town is historically a, fleet, uh, a fishing town. It suffered enormously with the demise of the fishing industry, uh, which happened circa 25 years ago. And sadly, it has suffered from social and economic problems since. So the rise of the football club has been a, a bright spot. Very much so, yeah. It's delivered quality of life. It's delivered pride in the local community. And, of course, jobs. You've had a few great players come through here. Probably the most notable one would be Jamie Vardy. Very true, yeah. Jamie was superb at the, at the conference level and he played a huge part in, in getting us out of the non-league and into the football league. And you got, what, a million for him? 1.7 in the end. Wow. Though I'll always be somewhat disgruntled that he never moved because we got a big sell-on. <laughs> so if he would have left Leicester City, what was your sell-on? Probably five when Wenger came in. Really? Really? And what would that? What would five million mean to a club like this? It would give us an opportunity to further invest, to, to invest in the facilities and players to, to have a go to progress. What's happening now then? The game's finished. There's got to be a winner here. It's got to go to penalties. Oh, it's penalties, you're right. Yeah, do you know what? I forgot all about that. I, I forgot that all it. about it as well. We're going to get a little bit more entertainment, aren't we? We are going to get a bit more entertainment. So there needs to be a winner then. OK. Can you still go through then off penalties? I don't think so. No, I'm certain we can't. We're playing for pride, but it's, uh, uh, it's a little bit more value for money for the paying punters. And if you win on penalties, do you get your 30 grand back? Sadly not, no, sadly not. It's got to be after maybe, maybe a free pizza. Thank you for your time and, and good luck for the rest of this season. It's a pleasure. United lost on penalties, but it was a good evening in Fleetwood and then I drove an hour back to Manchester and was at Old Trafford ahead of the Tottenham game. Before the game, I spoke to some Tottenham fans outside the away end. I'm outside the away end, uh, 3,000 Tottenham fans going to be here at Old Trafford tonight. It feels very autumnal but a very pleasant night and I've just come to speak to a couple of Tottenham fans. How are you feeling ahead of the game? Now we've seen the starting lineup, we're confident uh, because the big debate in the Spurs fan base is what formation to go with. A lot of fans have been disappointed with the 3-4-3, they've been wanting a 3-5-2 because they think it shores us up in midfield. But we haven't had the players to do it but now Basuma is showing signs of the player that we signed. He's starting tonight in a 3-5-2. Look, me, I feel confident tonight now that I've seen that starting lineup. That's the best team Spurs can possibly put out with the squad that we've got. Are you scared of coming to Old Trafford anymore as a Tottenham fan or have them days gone? Um, no. 
those days uh, are still for me. I've been coming here for 50 years and uh, I know what to expect, which is why I think today will be 2-2. Really? Yeah. So you, yeah. you, you've seen your team lose that many times? Oh, yeah, uh, I, know, I know what it's like, yeah. I've been here, know, I know what it's all about, yeah. What's Old Trafford like as an away ground for you? Is, is it a game you look forward to? Um, I don't look forward to, but I come, I come because it's... It, I come and support my team. You know, I've been coming for many, many years and I've, I thoroughly enjoy it. I know there's been a few low likes coming here. What have been the highlights as a Spurs fan over the years? Um, oh, to be honest, uh, winning in the FA Cup with Rosie Ardiles is one of my highlights. But what about at Old Trafford? You must have a, a, any good memories of being at Old Trafford watching oh, Spurs. Um, I think the season when we beat Man United three 0 under Pochettino. Yeah, that was a that was the best win I think we've had here in the last twenty right years. At the start See, of the season, I've been here for when we won six <laughs> one. But, yeah. but of course, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. but we couldn't be here. So I was actually nice. here, mate. Yeah, I wish I could have swapped places with you because that was awful after three or four minutes. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Antonio Conte, your, your manager? Listen, personally speaking, I know the fan base not all are on board with the style of play, but for me. This guy is put in depth with no pushes, pushovers. Um, for me, he is putting a lot of foundation in there where a lot of the, lot of the Spurs, these sort of performances are there. I feel that even when we're getting outplayed, we're still very much in the game right until the end. So tonight, I hope it's, um, it's going to be a similar sort of game. Um, starting lineup, we couldn't have put a better 11 out. The only thing I would say that's still in United's favour is the changes that they can make like Ronaldo, like Ericsson, they've got those players on the bench. We haven't, so our plan A has to work. Otherwise, we could come a little bit unstuck. Uh, yeah. Like Ericsson, what's the fan culture like at, at Spurs? Are you involved in any podcasts or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a YouTube channel called Tottenham Away. Yeah. It keeps growing every month, week. It's popular. Um, I, I think for the first time ever in the last 20, 30 years, we've actually got a manager yeah. who is elite. Yeah. Not Pochettino? You think he's better po- than that? Po- Poch, I think, made his name at Spurs. Mm. Conte comes here with a name. Mm. So this is the best manager. I mean, Graham here, he's been going home and away for 30, 40 years. Even he was saying the other day, this is the best manager we've ever brought in with a record of success behind him. We're, where, where, we're craving for success at Spurs. Yeah, it's been a while, son, it, since... <laughs> where are you from? Where is Tottenham's hardcore from? I know that's a very general question, is it... Is it North London? Is it, you know, are, are there Arsenal areas? Are there? Well, I live in Chinkford in East London. Okay. Uh, I've lived in uh, Walthamstow for 40 years, and Spurs had a very big fan base in both Chinkford and Walthamstow, yeah. as well as going out towards Hertfordshire. Right. And they've also got a, a big fan base out in South London and at the borders of. Uh, London, like Chesham and Hartford and places like that. So not so much out west that will be going over. And, and would Arsenal's demographic be quite similar? Yeah, 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 definitely. To Tottenham. Yeah. So why the big rivalry with West Ham? Are there like lots of flashpoints where? Um, well, in the areas where I live, you know, you had um, a mixture of West Ham, Arsenal, and uh, Tottenham. All right, so that was where it really was. Um, West Ham go out to sort of my land, Canning Town, yeah. right? and then they, they have their their conflicts with Millwall, yeah. whatever. So L- London's very, very big in that scenario. Yeah. So would there be any Spurs in Canning Town, for example? Or yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, there'd, there'd be plenty of Spurs 
in, in East London uh, and also going out to Essex. Yeah. That, that would be West Ham's stronghold. Yeah. Places like Chelmsford, Braintree, yeah. Colchester. But Spurs have still got a big fan base in those areas because a lot of Spurs fans have moved out of Tottenham uh, to Essex and Hertfordshire, whatever. And in Tottenham itself? Sorry? Tottenham itself? Itself, yeah. Because yeah. uh, when you go back to the 60s and 70s, most people lived very close to the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. I mean, now you'd be lucky if you found maybe 150 people wow. on the Spurs fan base that live within a mile radius of the stadium. Wow. You mentioned the stadium. What's your opinion of your, of your new stadium? It's the best stadium in Europe. It's, it's, we go to a lot of stadiums. It's, it's at, the one thing I'll give Daniel Levy and Enoch praise for is the quality of our stadium and the money it will bring in. But what we want to see as Spurs fans is to now put that revenue and put the ambition they've put into their property development into building a winning football team. That's what we really want to see from them now. And the training ground as well. Spurs seem to be in a really good place. State of the art. The training ground's got the best facilities. In our say, best facility in the world. This is not me saying it. Everybody who has visited, everybody that Conte has managed there, the England football team used that. Uh, very training. Uh, Man United uh, would say that Spurs yeah, have got the best training. Yeah, ground. absolutely. Everything in place, like Stel just said, everything is in place as the number one in in Europe right now in regards to training facilities and stadium. Like Stel, I repeat what Stel said. It all comes down that we want to see the same ambition in the football team. We absolutely love, by the way, the United uh, Stadium. We just look, I'm in complete awe of it. I came over. Yeah. I saw the, sta- the statue at the back and at the front here. Fantastic. This is, from a mile away, this is a football stadium. Yeah. Something that I feel is lacking outside of ours. Ours looks more like an event stadium. I'm going to say it. Okay. Ours, I feel looks more like an event stadium than an actual football stadium. We want it to look a little bit more like this from the outside, for sure. It's the statues. We need, we're, our, 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 our club, for whatever reason, doesn't want to put statues. But we've got heroes and legends from the 60s, the 80s, and even one or two from the 90s. Why not put a couple of those statues up and give it that football vibe like Iggy just said? It would just it's nice, small finishing touches that would, would be nice to see at the stadium. I'm outnumbered three to one by you here and I'm surrounded by Tottenham. <laughs> but is there any danger you yeah, might win a trophy in like the next 20 years? It all comes down to the transfer Is that a sore point? Because I'm obviously... No, it's the truth, right? It's the, it's the truth. It? It, it all comes down to the owners. It's all, it's all good buying Spence for the future, Doji for the future, Sessignon for the future. Buy more Kulusevskis and Bentacles ready to go now. More Basumas. Buy players ready now, and then yeah, we can win trophies. It's, it's down. It's down to the investment and the transfer windows. Bentacor, he came here with Juventus. Fantastic player. He's doing well for you. I, I watched him that, that night, and I remember thinking Juventus only paid 10 million euros for him, and he, he was mad in a match when he came here. And yeah. I'm thinking, how can a I think we paid 15 or 16 million for him. That's a bargain, huh? He, 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 Benton Coy and Hoiberg this season have been very, very good in, in, in our midfield. And they're two players that no one would really think, yeah, buy them, get them to our club. But what they're doing for us in the Conte system, look, it's, it's, it's hard to knock them. The game tonight will be won and lost there in that midfield. Whoever gets the better of who in that middle of the park for me wins the game. Tonight. Yeah. That's the play we Score prediction see. then for tonight? You're not going to like this, but I'm going to say I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs. We had a crazy game at Man City last season where we won it 3-2. It was end-to-end. I think it's going to be a repeat tonight. I think we're going to nick it. Just 3-2. 2-2. Thanks for your time, Olya.
It's post-match after Manchester United have hammered Tottenham Hotspur by two goals to nil. Um, two goals to nil. May not tell the whole story because I actually think it could have been a lot more. Um, with me I've got some very happy lads. Um, Stu Edwards, John Ashton and James Young. Um, I'll come to John first. John, we've just seen a football team, haven't we? Lads, it's Spurs. Um, I know that was something we used to say back in the day when United had a great team and Tottenham were there for the, sort of the whipping boys. But, you know, people forget that Spurs are seen as the better side right now. Um, they finished above us last year, and they're above us in the league. I think they've only lost once. Um, and United truly, from moment one, dismantled them. Um, five 0 wouldn't have been unfair. Um, you know, and you have to give Spurs some credit because they're a good side. They've got some good players. They're defensively very good. And on another day, it's the first time I've ever seen Hugo Lloris have a good game. Um, and yeah, if I don't want to criticise anyone, but the only thing you would say is. The fact it was 2-0 was scandalous um, until you got the second goal. You were still sat worrying that you know, it was going to be one of them days. But superb performance and the most encouraging thing for me was you saw the manager's imprint on the performance today. I think you could see what he's been trying to build from day one in terms of you know, the, the style of football, the, the positioning on the pitch, the speed of play, the closing people down. And it, It's almost like it's the first time in a long time I've seen United play modern day football. Um, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I think that's for too long we're still trying to be the old United that we do things our way and we've, we've got lost a little bit and the old club is still refusing to move with the times and I think today we saw a modern day football performance for Manchester United Stuart are you as um, infused optimistic as that yeah yeah absolutely <clears throat> first half absolutely brilliant and you know you're the right miserable get before the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um, yeah first half brilliant um, all over the pitch busy busy Atom didn't give him any time I don't think Kane and Son touched the ball first half um, and there was yeah there was definitely a change in sort of like not the style as such but in, in terms of what individual players were doing the low seemed to be getting a lot more higher up the pitch and coming inside you know a bit like the City fullbacks do which I'm going to come to that because I spotted a few things there but yeah yeah, on, yeah which yeah. he's not done sort of like previously and you know, stood here now again. Yeah, definitely should have been two or three in the half time. Certainly, it should have been four or five come full time. I thought the referee had a really good game as well. Uh, certainly, let the play go for the um, offside against Kane, which De Gea saved, which went to the second goal. So, fair play to the referee. I thought he had a, a decent game compared to that dickhead on Sunday, anyway. Um, and then, obviously, the only other thing is I'm stood here now, and obviously we'll come to this at the end of the podcast. But for once, I'm struggling to give a man of a match, but for the right reasons. Yeah. James. No, I didn't, I didn't feel like a chore watching it for a change. Do you know what I mean? It was one of them where like, the last couple of home games, you've been waiting for it to finish because it's been that poor. Uh, whereas this, it was like straight away. It's like, right, straight away, it was like a couple of chances. And then as soon as United took the lead, it was like, this could be three or four. This, and it probably should have been as well. You know, United were on top of them the whole game. There wasn't a moment where I thought, mm, might, they might get back into this or, oh, they might score in, make it difficult for United because... Uh, Martinez was solid, Varane was solid. I, don't, I'm not, I can't remember a game where those two have played that well together where it looked like United were just going to keep a clean sheet. And going forward as well, uh, Fernandez was showing what he was more capable of again. Uh, I thought Anthony, um, Anthony was taking players on again. It was good to see. He, even Rashford, even though he didn't score, I thought had a couple of um, sort of good runs, which we've not seen as much from. It was just a really, really good performance all around. Yeah, and I think well, I think um, where to start really, but we'll unpack it in order and go with the defence first because Stuart just mentioned about um, Kane and Son not touching the ball and 
by God, there was a bloody good reason for that, weren't there? Yeah, Martinez especially, you know. Yeah. It's, a long, it's a long time since that Brentford game now. Um, but he's he's just... He's, he's just he sets the tone. He does, he? relentless. Yeah, really is, but yeah, but yeah. confident, you know, yeah. with his passing as well. We touched on his passing on I, 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 as, as playing out from the back a couple of times already in um, the last couple of weeks. Um, but it, it does spread confidence and Luke Shaw even took it in, in left, left yeah. back now those two you know if them two can stay fit we're going to go a long way and, and again I've mentioned Delo already so as a back four unit they protected De Gea um, and Casemiro obviously just in front of them so yeah defensively uh, certainly the best performance of the season great performance yeah I think I think you saw the product today of what happens when you get because for too many games we've had some players playing okay a couple of players out of form you've seen what happens when if you get eight nine players playing well on a football pitch you're gonna you're gonna play well. You're gonna you're gonna dominate games. You're gonna play in that sort of manner. And we've not seen a lot of that. Um, we're just going back to what you just said about Martinez. He's, there's almost a touch of the Roy Keynes about him in, in terms of his consistency and his desire. His his um, just the impact he has on all the players around How the pitch. How do you get so up for it for so many games as well? Well, you that, know, that's exactly how it should be. Yeah, he's a, he's absolutely. He's like he's been here for four or yeah. five years, isn't it? Yeah. But credit to the manager as well because the manager's not shy about it. if you if you're not playing well, you're out of the team straight away. You know, and, and Luke Shaw's had a massive kick up the ass since Molassi come back. It, it perhaps shouldn't take that, but it has done. You can see it in him physically, and he's yeah. been superb since he's come back. Um, Delot for me had probably his best game I've seen him ever have at United. Casemiro gets better and better with every game. Um, we criticised Fred the other day, but you've seen what having three games in eight days did for him after a few weeks Fred, off. Yeah. Um, Rashford was always a threat, and even if he was a little bit unlucky not to score, Sancho was still the one player we've carried. Although even he still managed to create the opening goal with another sideways pass. But um, it's not a night I don't think to dwell on negatives. Um, it, it's time to give positive. Uh, reaction to the players who really did play well rather than dwell on those that didn't. Yeah, James um, mm. Stewart mentioned the fullbacks tucking in. Um, what I've noticed is more than ever, when we win the ball back and there's a pa- there's always a pass on, isn't there? Mm, but like, if, if, is that because of Shaw and Delot's positioning or or Casemiro? Because they always seem to have a pass on and, and get us away, don't but they? But that overlap was there as well, way yeah. more than it's been in the other games, where especially against Demonia, it was too static, it was too down the middle, but. There, there was there was options on the wing every single time you had to yeah. be going forward. There was a, a chance to stretch it to the other side or to go down to Malassia or Shaw. I've not really seen that before as much in a game before this season. And even on corners, I mean, I'm not sure whether it was something they were practicing in training, but they're playing it like onto sort of the edge of the box a lot more. I know Shaw had a good chance. Fred the same sort of thing. It just seemed that they were like a well-coached team, and it's the opposite under Ragnick last season. They looked clueless and didn't know what they were doing. Whereas it seemed like every player tonight knew what their role was and knew what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. just to elaborate on that, it's it's you can see it, it's it's a product of coaching. It's you know what goes on the training field manifests itself on the pitch, and it does take time. Um, you know, he, he's come in and tried to do his thing straight away. It's been a disaster. He's had to go back to basics a little bit just to take some time to get it going. And you you saw. You almost saw today what we got a bit enthused about pre-season. You know, the line that the defence led, the, the high pressing, the closing people down. Um, you're starting to see what the manager's really trying to implement. He, he did say it would take some time. It will take time. Let's not get too carried away because we've had this in the past where, you know, without that desire, that sort of performance doesn't happen. And it's all right getting up for yeah. 
Spurs at home, for <coughs> Arsenal at home, for Liverpool at home. You've got to go and do it when you're playing West Ham next week or somebody else. Chelsea um, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, well, well Chelsea, you know they will be up for it because it's yeah. a tough team like that. Yeah. But you've got to be able to do it every week and you've got to have that sort of mentality. And if you're not up for it, he'll get you out of the team. But he, yeah. he's, got, he's got that flow, he's got a bit of continuity in the team in terms of players. And um, like I said, he, he just, there was that bit of bite in midfield. And it, it's those players that are they're infectious, some of them. Like yeah, the likes yeah. of Casemiro, the likes of Martinez. And, and, and the other players are following suit because there, there was a moment in the second half where I thought what Stewart said about the fullbacks tucking in that was really obvious. Now, I think Varane got dragged a bit out wide um, for a, for a long ball, and rather than like sort of what like offer himself up the line, um, Luke like um, Delot, he tucked in for a one-two. You know, like to, to to actually get the ball off around, and I thought that is actually coaching. Well, because how many times? Ne- how many times last year? How many times no last chance. year did we did yeah, we criticise yeah. him for losing the ball? And you'd watch it, and someone would have a have a ball, and he's not got a player with him fifteen yards no. of him. And you it's know, only you a very Sitter. small thing, though. But like when it happened, I thought it's only a really small thing. But I thought obvious, to myself, that is actually coaching. Well, yeah, well, be, yeah, yeah. I hate to I hate to bring them up, but you, when you do watch Sitter, yeah. you every time one of their players has got a ball, he's got two players within five yards of him. There's always yeah. options on, and that's what you need. You can't. I've played spread around the pitch because that's when you do start playing Hollywood balls when you do start losing possession um, and again it, it's coaching it's just down to what you're getting used to and, and I believe he's a stickler for these drills that probably get monotonous but those little things that they do in training are, are coming off and another thing you have to say is we've played three games now in sort of seven days and we've not really looked like conceding a goal in them three games. Now, that's a great platform for you to have that bit of comfort. You know, even under the Solskjaer days, you'd, you'd have a game when you were brilliant, but then you'd, you'd have another day where you're disaster defensively. You can't go forward like that. If you can get that defence right, first and foremost, and that, we have moaned that we're not scoring enough goals, but you get that right, it's a platform to build on, and I think that's what they're starting to do. still look fit as well. That's the thing, even, yeah. even with the three games they've had in such a short, short space of time, at the end of the game today, you didn't see any players that, that looked sort of tired or like chasing the ball or anything like that. They were still chasing it right down. And like last season, compared to that, the players, the players looked like they just weren't fit at all. Let's just talk about um, a player who seems to have benefited from that, actually, because he's got, um, he was a lot better tonight than the last two games. I think we give him a bit of grief on the podcast, um, again, after Nicosia and Newcastle at weekend, and that was Fred, because no, tonight, honestly, first half, he was absolutely Fred Army, they were all chanting yeah. on the way out of the ground. Fred I never, never thought I'd hear again. You were stood with me, obviously, selling a bit before the game, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a good friend of mine was stood there with his son, and yeah. I commented on the shirt he had on. Now, thankfully, at the time, he didn't show us who was on the back, but he's got yeah. Fred on the back, so, you know, we, we give it... <laughs> <laughs> But my son included like likes Fred anyway, and fair play to Fred tonight after Sunday. It would be easy to come out and, and, and played some very simple, safe passes. But again, and to be fair, he was better second half, which you know was dreadful first half on Sunday. But again tonight, he's up there as probably one of the contenders for man of the match. It's minutes, yeah, yeah. Though, isn't it? It's just that minutes and get get to know some of these players. Yeah. It, it definitely does matter, and yeah. it's also about it's about little little sort of combinations on the pitch as well. Um, players you're used to yeah. playing with, and you know you almost develop a sort of sixth sense. Some of them players, and some of them did today. Uh, they knew where the player was going to be, you know. And again, we go back to training. But you, the more you play, the more you, you play with each got other. Got to know who's protecting you. Yeah, yeah. Who's, co- who's covering for yeah. you? Where was you sat, James? Yeah, scoreboard end. All right. So right, you, Stuart, you'd have been closest to his goal then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure. If it, I'm not yeah, sure no, if it was on target. It was yeah. on target, but yeah. he had the, that one in the, the, the first it, half as well that, that he blazed over. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was weird because like. Where I was stood, I'm not sure what, what it was like inside the ground and other parts, but like normal, like the first five, ten minutes, some people stood up trying to sort of create an atmosphere and like people were telling them to sit down and stuff. But 
by the end that all the animosity had just gone. Everyone was just <laughs> fucking hugging yeah. each other, and I've, I've not seen that before really since like the Arsenal game. But it's happening more often this season, which is good. Since last Saturday, the, the shot was definitely deflected, and and you know Loris would have would have easily saved it, I think. But you know his shot, he's, he's bigger than the second half, and it's amazing what happens when you shoot. Yeah. Uh, the second goal I was perfect view of it as soon as it left his foot I knew it was curling to the top corner great yeah. finish and um, he, he put a, put one on a plate for Rashford first half Fred didn't he that yeah, was a great pass. yeah he did and yeah, I, yeah. again that was the other end for me <clears throat> it just seemed like he smashed it straight at Lorez where maybe uh, you know bottom corner but you know he's hit the target kept it low but good save but to be fair the best save of the match was Lorez second half that Rashford, yeah. Rashford did absolutely yeah. smash it and everyone was just like oh, oh that was amazing that way, way, yeah. it was yeah, absolutely that. brilliant yeah. save he made a belt from Luke Shaw from a volley in the first half yeah. as well like yeah, yeah. first time I've ever seen him have a good game he usually throws one in his net every week. I just want to him draw a bit of a parallel actually because last year obviously we went with Rangnick and it was the wrong move you know everyone was saying Manchester United should have got Conte but you know I think you know games like that tonight made me realise you know why yeah we did make the wrong decision interim wise but Manchester United should be aspiring to better football than Antonio Conte what do you so- think Tottenham fans hate him I've listened to I mean I know yeah, he texts yeah, yeah. usually Whopper's only phone the radio anyway but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard a Tottenham fan praise him they're all desperate to get rid of him and he's football we, we used to talk about with Mourinho um, he's football he's means to an end football if you get a trophy at the end of it you say well fair play we've had to sit through 60 games of shit where's well, a silver pot but if you just sat through 60 games of crap and win nothing at the end of it thinking what was the point of that Van Gaal's yeah. um, basically his second season he won the FA Cup but I'd rather United not win a trophy and have to fucking watch all that all season I think like. it's, it's difficult you can't yeah. question Conte's pedigree can you and it's easy to study here tonight the, th- the thing is though I mean I was watching his team first half trying to pass the ball they've got, like no, that. Players, they've got better Te- players than they should have shown Te- no yeah. technically though I thought that you know, it really reminded me of Mourinho's United where you've got clinical players but you've not necessarily got you know, good footballers and I think we're going the opposite way of that Well, the, f- the thing I find funny about content with Tottenham's team is you play to the strength of the players you've got and their best players are all at the top end of the pitch so you think to yourself they, they are one team that should be playing sort of you score three we'll score four yeah. football rather than yeah. sitting deep and, I mean you looked at Kane and Sonson you're talking about two of the if not the best partnership in the history of the league two of the best players in world football and they didn't get a sniff No and Peri- Perisic is obviously not doing much but, but you know Richarlison <laughs> would have made a difference tonight I'm sure his strength and you know running in but you know he was injured so. I just think yeah I mean they've got obviously got wing backs I think he's a master of tactics into which they'll I'm not, be very mat too, they'll, be, they'll be very good at like re- getting enough points on the board against the bottom 14 but I don't think they're very good no, you know I really I don't, don't. Yeah. compared to Pochettino do you remember that Spurs game where Moro scored was it a hat trick yeah. where they were the opposite of how they played tonight yeah. To be fair, the Tottenham fans have been saying it all season. You know, people are saying, "Oh, they're not playing well and getting results." You know, that's a good sign. But you can look at it in the other way. If you're not playing well and getting results, well, if you carry on not playing well, you're not going to keep getting results. I had a few debates though, last year. You know about, you know, just because Rangnick was the wrong man, I didn't think it made Conte the right man. Yep. And I, you know, I don't, mm. I, you know, when I watch United tonight, I actually think that's the the anti, you know, yeah, Conte. No, you know, and I do. I, I just think that you know, we'd, we 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 would have been wrong to just. You know, pull the trigger, short-termism. And we're actually, you know, I think the league's moved on from that because I don't think Conte will ever get enough points now to, you know, with a team to challenge, you know, the two that are playing so well for the last couple of years. So, you know, do... Are we, you know, we'd just end up in another Mourinho situation, wouldn't we? Yeah, no, I, I was the same. I never particularly wanted him at the time. He's, he's basically, I, I know the club can sometimes be like sort of once bit and twice shy when it comes to, and it doesn't mean that just because something doesn't work, you completely never go down that route again. But he is very much of the Mourinho mould. He, he's, you know, he, he's, prag, he's, yeah. prag, he's pragmatic, he's confrontational, he's, 
you know he spits his dumb out a little bit if he doesn't get his own way and it, you can you can see he can get why he gets results imagine you can see why he's won trophies, on the but, wing though, but yeah I, I don't want to watch that i don't want to watch that kind <laughs> of football yeah. how long ago was it that he won the league with chelsea now like six years ago yeah he's i think I, it has it, yeah. it has even city are a miles better team than they were six years ago yep. you know it's um no question it's about an interesting that one. Yeah, yeah yeah just i want to put you all on the spot um and say when was the last time you seen us play that well Should we come back to that at the end of the podcast? Well, <laughs> for, for you probably mentioned that because yeah. I've said it earlier. For 90 you, minutes, you, know that, you know that most, yeah, of my, my, just... most of my 30s are a blur anyway, so that might have some, some impact on it. But I genuinely, there might be somewhere there might be that level, but I can't think oh, of a game. Ars- no, I, I'm going Arsenal in 2009, mate, right. in the Champions League semi-final. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly I, can't think, I can't think. Liverpool away when Mata scored twice for 90 good, minutes. Still, honestly, yeah, we've had a good 45 I can, minutes, I can not we? Th- considering the level of opposition that I've in the league. Against Cardiff was pretty good. I know it's Cardiff. Jesus. That, that, was fucking, <laughs> that, that was a pretty similar sort yeah, of Yeah, the 6-0 right, against Tranmere was good as well yeah. that time. No, but honestly, I, think, I might just edit this bit out. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I think for the level of that performance, and I know tomorrow everyone will go, what about this? I'll go, oh, yeah. I think it's safe to say it's pre-Covid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do, I, I think it is, definitely. I thought I, um, there's a couple of good derbies we had under yeah. Ollie. We've had a lot of 45 um, minutes, haven't we? First yeah, half, yeah. second half, or 60 minutes, but not sustained like that fitness. Pretty much the same 10 players. Even Liverpool at the start of the season wasn't the whole game. No, it, it was towards the end. They came back into it, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were absolutely relentless tonight, and it was absolutely great to see. So, so um, I was right then. Is what I'm saying. There's no, no advances on Arsenal now. Someone will have to come up with one at some point. Ronaldo's left, come back, and then stormed off before since we last had a Yeah, there's um, an interesting one there because you know I, I don't like to come on to him, but um, you know he is becoming a problem for the club, isn't he? Um, Ronaldo. You know, Who? considering the the wages, coming, you know, in the same way. The Tories are becoming a problem over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, been once since day one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, he's handled the managers. You have to give oh, him some credit. Really well. He's handled it yeah. absolutely perfectly, hasn't he? You know, he's he's not going to play him unless he earns his place in the team, is it? Well, t- tonight was a was a the, the reason when the likes of Roy Keane, everyone going on about disrespecting people. Ronaldo can still play a part. It will be a bit part. But what you saw tonight was what the manager is trying to implement. Yeah. And you will not do that with Cristiano Ronaldo in no. that team. Um, no. So if he wants to stay, he wants to play a bit part role. He can still do a job. He'll still score some goals, but he's not the future for United. And, it, and tonight, you're seeing the blueprint for what the manager wants. Yeah, and unless anyone's got a knock tonight, you, obviously you can, you can see him staying on the bench on Saturday as well. Um, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, uh, the managers. Well, even Canick dropped in for Chelsea away last year. That's what I mean. I mean, I, you know, thinking about the formation, will he stick with yeah. you know that formation tonight, or will he go a bit more? One more in midfield. We have these people on telly like Keane, you know, um, Neville. These, these are our like heroes, aren't they? But they've got it completely wrong where Ronaldo's concerned. Because they're still, they? they're still yeah. completely up his ass. Yeah. You, can, you can't keep living in the past of someone and, and playing someone based on what they've previously done. The fact of the matter is, his performances for United this year have been substandard. We've not played very well with him in the team. We've, all the best performances are when he's not playing. Um, and it doesn't matter what you've won, how many goals you've scored previously. If you're 108 years old and can't run anymore, you shouldn't be playing for the team. You know, get yeah. Bobby Charlton in. We're disrespecting <laughs> Bobby Charlton because he's won Ballon d'Ors. You know, he's, he's, the future's not Ronaldo. And no. If he wants to stay and he wants to play a bit part role, like we've had plenty of legends stay till 37, 38 and do that. But you've got to add, you've got to accept that you're not the future anymore. And and, and the, so the, would you the play him against Sheriff next week? 
Yeah, yeah, fine, of course. Yeah. That's a perfect <laughs> game for him. Yeah. Because it's a game we don't particularly need points in. You rest. But I mean, these these like um, these underhand stuff, like you know, getting your agent to link to you know Duncan Castles and all these things coming out. Still that, waiting for that. Uh, ed- yeah. Those, those. What was that thing he put on Instagram saying that he's, uh, he's going to tell his story yeah. or something? Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it, he's just not these, good tonight. There's all these things where there was no life. need tonight to bring the t- bring some focus on no. on anything other than positivity. But this, this is my point, and you know. It's okay, like leaking these things to Duncan Castles in the media. You know, you can deny that it came from him, whatever. But he can at least show some bloody professionalism, you yeah. know, whilst he's on the bench or at the ground. And yeah. I think he's really let himself down again there. No doubt yeah, about no, it. I agree completely. And it just goes to show that he's still Ronaldo plays for himself and not for the team because everyone else who was a supposed lover of Manchester United would have been absolutely buzzing for that. You know, even with 10 minutes to go, if he'd offered me a game and I said, no, leave it, just leave these lads on tonight because. Even the first time around he did that. Yeah. Like, even when it was 2009, 2008, those two Champions League finals, there was still that thing of, oh, is he going to go to Real Madrid, all of that stuff. And that that whole last season, was he did the exact same thing. Yeah, and he, he, you know, you could could say that it was obvious this is going to happen. It's in his personality and, you you know, it's made him what he is. But it's not about Cristiano Ronaldo, it's about Manchester United and... We're on the right track without him. Yeah, definitely. Will, will he stay till, till May or will he fuck off in January? Where would he go? Well, good question. But so how optimistic are we now for the season then? Well, I don't like to get carried away, as you know. <laughs> uh, Backed us for the quadruple back in that now. Here's what it is. You, you, until you can have a sort of run of these performances, well, you can't get too carried away. But I, I'm just starting to see what the manager's trying to implement. You don't get it every week. And it's going to take time for it to happen every week. I remember there's going to be a fucking four-week gap, aren't there? There's the World Cup, which so, we'll probably win. Um, yeah, we're starting to see some shoots, aren't we? Of a, a good team there. The, the only, the only disappointing thing would be that you know, in in, the, in those seven days this week, I think we've had something like 50, 58, yeah. 59 shots yeah, and scored yeah. three times. You know, yeah, that's yeah. got to change. You can't, you can't keep because again today. You know, someone should be due a good hiding off us with them sort of performances. But like on Sunday, where you don't quite create as many chances, you know, you don't score. And, yeah. s- and they've got the ball's got to start going in the net more often. One of, one of my neighbours texted me just after the game saying if uh, if Rashford would have shot John Lennon, John Lennon would be 83 now. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, that, that you know the, the save John said by Lurie second half, you know that was yeah, incredible. That was amazing. Way. That was a great strike. And, and, and Rashford did, was so composed with that. He, he, he hits the target shot. a lot. He's just yeah, struggling yeah. to find them corners a little bit. I think yeah, with, yeah. with his shots, but sometimes you need a bit of luck. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, so man of the match, there's a lot of contenders here. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, Fred Casemiro. Um, even Fernandez, um, Martinez, um, I think Anthony was good as well. What are you, are you going with? I'm John? going with I'm going with Fernandez tonight. I thought he ran the show, got his goals, um, just all round good performance. None of his usual slapped ass stuff. And um, I think he's another one who's he's got a little bit of criticism recently because of his, yeah. his output isn't as good as it was. But if you watch his all round game, you can see he's another one who's had to change it a little bit for what the manager wants, and he just gets better and better every week in terms of controlling the game. I think he might be aware of the criticism of his moaning as well. Yeah. You know, more generally because he he seems to like um, not do it as much tonight. He really did seem it's to. Because we're winning. You know, a couple. No, no. <laughs> no even before, a couple of times he got brought down where. I think he would have been bloody, you know, like crying to the referee. Well, one but, thing that's just slightly yeah. off topic, but one thing that did worry me a little bit, that United for a few games now, we've started the games well, and after 25 minutes, if we've not managed to get the goal, 
we've then started to Panicky. look we started panicking yeah, we started yeah, moaning yeah. We, and yeah. we didn't do that tonight even even after the first half you think to yourself, oh, we've had our chance and have we, you know have we wasted it um and they didn't do that today they, they stayed composed they stayed in shape they, they kept plugging away and it was a good good thing to see um and he's obviously a massive part of that who's yours james yeah probably fernandez again just just because like it reminded me of the early performances he had i think it was it um brighton at home like where he just sort of controlled the game completely and i think we've missed that from him like i think the problem was especially under solskjaer he started off so well that the expectations were unrealistic because he was going to drop off in form eventually. But I think towards the end of Ragnik, he was getting frustrated because he was trying too hard. And he's he's done that a bit this season as well. But he just seemed to be a bit more relaxed. He wasn't trying to do all these Hollywood balls and try and win the game every time. He was just doing what he's, he's best at. A bit at. more composure, yeah. really, yeah, definitely. What happened to one-word answers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I agree with both what you've said, but I'm going with Fred simply because of how shit he was on Sunday. <laughs> to, to, not really how it works. No, but to come out, to come out and have a, 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 a good eight, solid eight, Plus tonight, amongst others. You're giving a man the best performance we've played for 13 years, and you're giving a man of the match at eight. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think I, to you. I think I'm going with Martinez. I'm absolutely obsessed with the man. I really am. <laughs> you know, you're, I just, not, yeah, you're about just, six inches tall. Honestly, well. I'm, I'm watching him, and I just can't actually believe what what he's doing. You know, like. You know, Harry Kane, the ball's going up to him and he's out jumping him, out muscling, muscling him. him off the ball. Yeah, yeah you know, did a couple of times, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, United have got a right player there, I think. I, yeah. I do. And um, it's too small, he really it? does set the tone for the rest of the team as well. And you can see, Captain you know, how, how um, contagious it is. I, I really do think he's a brilliant player. So, yes, yeah, that, that, that wraps that up. Um, a great night for United. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing after that, to be honest. I don't know about everybody else. But, yeah, it was a um, really good win. And on to Chelsea on Saturday. Um, we are back next Thursday um, for the game against Sheriff and we'll do a podcast after that but yeah thanks to everybody that bought the mag um, I think we're out aren't we sold out yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're sold out so I think we've got a night off against Sheriff actually but we'll you know I think we'll be around anyway to do a podcast but thanks to everybody that bought the mag and have a nice day cheers these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. We've had several reports of people using LinkedIn Jobs after listening to this podcast and happy endings to them. It's really easy to create your free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then you just add your job and the purple uh, hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You can finish this year strongly by hiring the right member to help your team do that and to use LinkedIn Jobs to do it. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates who you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash united that's linkedin.com forward slash united to post your job for free terms and conditions apply